Well, good morning again, and welcome again to the second video in the series that I had just started, Learning from God. And we're going through the Gospel of John uh, in this series, and uh, we're going to be in the second chapter today, and uh, it's about the wedding at uh, Canaan, and everybody you know, likes going to weddings, at least I think they do, I do. And uh, I can remember one fellow who was a special needs guy, but he loved to go to weddings because he loved to dance. And I used to <laughs> love to take him. And I think he went to every wedding that uh, was in town. And we're from a small town. So I think uh, his name was Mike. And I think Mike knew everybody. But anyway, I just wanted to talk to you about the wedding. And I wasn't going to make a, a video this morning, but uh, I'll be gone for a couple of days. So I thought I would uh, do one this morning before I left. So let me uh, just stop my sharing here for a minute. And let me find the uh, scripture that we're going to be going through here. All right, there it is. And I'm just going to make myself a little smaller. I think there we go. I don't know if I'm out of the way or not. Anyway, this is the, the scripture, uh, John uh, 2. And uh, I'm just going to have the uh, computer read it, and then we will uh, go through it. So with that said, let's just play the scripture. Chapter 2 On the third day there was a wedding at Cana in Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Jesus also was invited to the wedding with his disciples. When the wine ran out, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. And Jesus said to her, Woman, what does this have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Do whatever he tells you. Now there were six stone water jars there for the Jewish rites of purification, each holding twenty or thirty gallons. Jesus said to the servants, Fill the jars with water. And they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, Now draw some out and take it to the master of the feast. So they took it. When the master of the feast tasted the water now become wine and did not know where it came from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew, the master of the feast called the bridegroom and said to him, Everyone serves the good wine first, and when people have drunk freely, then the poor wine. But you have kept the good wine until now. This the first of his signs Jesus did at Cana in Galilee, and manifested his glory, and his disciples believed in him. After this he went down to Capernaum with his mother and his brothers and his disciples, and they stayed there for a few days. The Passover of the Jews was at hand, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. In the temple he found those who were selling oxen and sheep and pigeons and the money changers sitting there. And making a whip of cords, he drove them all out of the temple with the sheep and oxen. And he poured out the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. And he told those who sold the pigeons, Take these things away. Do not make my father's house a house of trade. His disciples remembered that it was written, Zeal for your house will consume me. 
So the Jews said to him, What sign do you show us for doing these things? Jesus answered them, Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. The Jews then said, It has taken forty-six years to build this temple, and will you raise it up in three days? But he was speaking about the temple of his body. When therefore he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this, and they believed the scripture and the word that Jesus had spoken. Now when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover feast, many believed in his name when they saw the signs that he was doing. But Jesus on his part did not entrust himself to them because he knew all people and needed no one to bear witness about man, for he himself knew what was in man. Well, we can stop our reading right there. I'm going to just pull this down a little bit here. And uh, I think I can uh, shut this one off here. I'm not even sure how I'm going to do this. Uh, well, that's all right. Uh, I am going to uh, just look at another tab here. And I, I checked uh, and was wondering how long the Jews celebrated a wedding. And it uh, it actually went for three days. I'm sorry, for seven days. And this was the third day, which would have been uh, our Wednesday, because uh, the Jews actually, uh, they, uh, they celebrate... Uh, a little different than we do, but their Sabbath is on a Saturday, which is the seventh day of the week, the last day of the week. Uh, and uh, ours, uh, the Christians, according to the book of Acts, uh, celebrate the first day of the week. They gather together on the first day of the week. But even back in Christ's days, uh, many of the Christians were Jews at first, before the gospel started going to the Gentiles. Uh, they also went into the synagogue on the Sabbath and uh, shared the scriptures. But also on the first day of the week, the uh, Christians uh, were first called Christians, by the way, at Antioch. They went uh, and they... Uh, celebrated uh, the Lord's Day. And they met and they broke bread. They practiced the uh, apostles' doctrines and prayer and the teachings of the apostles. So there was things that they did. So, uh, uh, I don't know what's going on here. Let's see. just get back to the right, right screen here, okay. And I'm just going to scroll up here so we can go through the the scriptures here together. Uh, it said on the third day. And when I was thinking of the third day, what this probably meant is the third day of the wedding. Uh, now we've got to remember there's no breaks in the original writings. There's no chapters or verses. They're there for our convenience and for finding things. And we can go through the scriptures and remember where things are. But it was on the third day, there was a wedding of Canaan of Galilee. Now the mother of Jesus, 
was there. And Jesus also was invited to the wedding with his disciples. Now, in the first chapter, we've seen the Lord picking some of his disciples. And it could have meant that it was the third day from the last thing we read. Uh, so we can't get dogmatic about it, but it's it's just something to think about. Everything is important in the word of God. Now, when the wine ran out after three days, uh, the wine was running out. The mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. And uh, she knew something special about her son. And uh, she mentions this and Jesus just replies to her woman. And that was not a, a derogatory remark or anything like that. He was polite to his mother. And he said, woman, what does... What does this have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. Well, what hour was he talking about? I believe about the hour uh, of his crucifixion, uh, the hour uh, of his glorification. His mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. Now she knew that uh, he would probably take care of the matter, even though it was not his time. Now, here's another interesting thing. Now, there was six uh, stone water jars there for the Jewish writ of purification, each holding 20 or 30 gallons. That's their pretty good size. And before we go into what Jesus tells them to do, uh, I was wondering about these, these jars, these six jars. And so I kind of looked up uh, what was going on on the, the stone jars. And I, you know, after reading some articles and stuff, I came across this one. Now, both John and Mark, talking about the Gospels, included the uh, explanatory notes on Judah's uh, purifying custom uh, since uh, many readers from other cultures would be unfamiliar with these specific uh, ritual practices. However, the main point of this section was not to educate uh, the ritual customs of uh, in Judaism, but to record a significant event in the life of Jesus, and particularly in the Gospel of John referring to the stone water jars uh, and the purification uh, rituals. Uh, in the context of the, the Canaan wedding, when Jesus performed his first recorded miracle, or sign as he calls them, uh, later in the Gospel of John, we see living water. And we'll wait till we get to that in chapter four. Uh, uh, the woman at the well, and what Jesus has to say to her about the water uh, that he would give her. Now, Jesus said in referring to eternal life that he gives living water and those that drink of it will never again thirst. Uh, we see that in these scriptures. Uh, perhaps the stone water jars were used in the miracle as early as early 
uh, alluded to in the drinking of the living water, which Jesus would explain later. Behold, or beyond the observation miracles of turning water into wine, authenticates Jesus as sent from God uh, and giving them at the wedding and the wine at the Last Supper, the wine which represents the atonement on the cross through the blood of Jesus was clearly used to foreshadow the death of Jesus on the cross during the Last Supper and, and commemorated by the drinking of the wine representing his blood. Uh, and it, this was only an illustration. This was not the actual body and blood of Christ, but he refers to it uh, in the giving of the Lord's Supper. Now, uh, these stone jars, these water jars, were regularly used in purification rituals during the first century. Additionally, many vessels of this type had been discovered in Judah and Galilee, and drinking wine from jars uh, used for ritual purposes would have sent a powerful message of spiritual purification to those attending at the wedding. Well, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna read any more than that, but I just wanted to share this with you that. Uh, I'm going to stop sharing here for a minute, and uh, I think I'm just going to move myself out of the way here for a minute because I wanted to close a few things up, and now I'll go back to sharing. Okay, and already there it is. Okay, we're back to normal here. Now. They had no wine, so anyway, Jesus' mother was telling them, you know, to do whatever he says. And now there were six stone jars there, and the Jews read a purification, each holding uh, 20 or 30 gallons. They were good-sized jars. Now Jesus said to them, fill the jars with water, and they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, now draw some out and take it to the master of the feast. This was the one who would check the wine, make sure that it was okay. So they took it. And when the master of the feast tasted the water, now become wine, and he did not know where it came from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew. The master of the feast called the bridegroom and said to him, everyone serves the good wine first. And when the people have drunk freely, then the poor wine, but you have kept the good wine until now. This is the first sign or, or miracle uh, that the Lord did. Jesus did at, at Canaan in Galilee and manifested his glory and his disciples believed in him. Well, I think if I would have been there and seen all this, I would have uh, been believe, believing too. But there were so many that were there, especially the religious leaders of Christ's day, and they did not believe. Now, after this, he went down into Capernaum. 
uh, with his mother and his brothers and his disciples. And they stayed there a few days. So now we have a break in the scene here. Now we come to another part of Jesus' life uh, and he goes to the temple. Now the Passover of the Jews was at hand and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. In the temple, he found those that were selling oxen and sheep and pigeons and the money changers uh, sitting there. And they were there for this purpose. Uh, they were making money uh, by uh, exchanging. There were people that came from so far and they would not bring a sacrifice, uh, but they would buy a sacrifice when they got uh, to the temple. And then they would have to buy it with temple currency. So they would uh, exchange the Roman coins or whatever for the temple currency in order to buy the sacrifices. So uh, these money changers were actually uh, gouging the people. They were making money. And so in the temple, when he found these that were selling all these oxen and sheep and pigeons and money changers sitting there, he was overwhelmed. And it says, and making a whip of cords, he drove them out of the temple with their sheep and their oxen. And he poured out the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. And he told those who were selling pigeons, take these things away. Do not make my father's house a house of trade. Well, his disciples remembered what was written, zeal for your house will consume me. And this is written in the Old Testament. And uh, his disciples were remembering some of these things from the Old Testament. I'm surprised the Jewish religious leaders didn't recognize this, but they didn't. So the Jews said to him, what sign do you show us for doing these things? Now, this is kind of interesting. Jesus answered them, destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. This is uh, one of the false uh, confessions that were made at his trial when he was crucified. And the Jews then said, it has taken 46 years to build this temple. And they were looking at the temple of God. And will you raise it up in three days? And Bud tells us here, but uh, he was speaking about the temple of his body. Uh, when therefore he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this, and they believed the scriptures and the word that Jesus had spoken. That's something you got to ask yourself. Do you believe this man? Now, Jesus, knowing all of this, he knew what was in men. And he said this. Now, when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover feast, many believed in his name when they saw the signs that he was doing. But Jesus, on his part, did not entrust himself to them because he knew all people and needed no one to bear witness about man, for he himself knew what was in man. 
you know, he knows us inside and out, even before we uh, do anything. Uh, Christ is the uh, all-knowing God, as we've seen in the very first chapter. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld the glory, the glory of the only begotten, full of grace and truth. Jesus Christ was God Almighty in the flesh. And here he was among men and he knew all men. And he was doing these great miracles. So now we have looked at the very first a miracle that the Lord has performed. And as we continue on through the Gospel of John, we're going to see other miracles. And uh, I know at one time, uh, Jim Fleming was at the chapel and he did a whole series on uh, uh, all the signs and the, of the Lord, all the miracles that he did. And uh, we have uh all these recordings on our website uh and i'll have a uh, maybe i'll put a link to our website uh, to all the recordings and also all my playlist uh, so i just wanted to share this uh second chapter with you and uh i hope you're drawing from it all these wonderful things that I am and uh, even pick up your Bible and read more for yourself and get to understand what God's word is saying. So with that said, uh, I'm going to end my recording here. Uh, I'll be gone for a couple days, like I said, so when I get back, I'll put together the the third video in this series and if we just do a chapter at a time, uh, or maybe even if we get in depth in some portion, we'll even do more. So with that said, bye for now, and I'm gonna stop my recording here.